0: Colorado Representative Susan Beckman, uh, it's House District Thirty Eight, right, Susan?
1: Yes. Good morning, Kim. It is. It's Littleton and Centennial, just south of Denver.
0: Well, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you were on the line when I was uh, telling Grover when I, I had sent you a little confirmation text, and you responded back like after midnight, and I am like, oh my gosh, and she's going to be on the on the air this morning. Uh, but it's a it's quite a job you guys have down there watching all this legislation.
1: Yeah, it's a fight. We were on the floor last night till almost midnight with Senate Bill 181, the gas-killing regulations, uh, that is that is really going to uh, hurt the oil and gas industry in Colorado. And as hard as we fight, we just have 24 members against 31, and they block vote. And I honestly can't believe, like the floor last night, the arrogance, how condescending they are. There is no empathy for the people who work in the oil and gas business it is just they are really out of touch, and they are going to push and cram this legislation down the good people of Colorado's throats. They're just going to, and they don't care. Okay, and so they don't they don't understand the ramifications.
0: Okay, so now where are we at exactly with 181? Then, so you were there until midnight, and how how did the vote go?
1: It was party line. Okay, we had some amendments that were actually uh, that we brought some people over on from the Democrat side, but it will pass. They sometimes the in seats that are, are are volatile and they can be recalled or uh, voted out in the next election. Sometimes they give them a pass because they have enough of the numbers
2: mm-hmm.
1: because they know how controversial this is. We will hear it on third reading, I believe, this morning or it, Monday, but it will pass. They they are they are they don't care. The governor will sign it and. Um, you know, we'll go down, we'll, we'll continue on to the next horrible, horrific, socialist leaning Colorado destructive bill. And that's what the entire session has been. I,
0: I you know, I just don't understand it. Uh, Grover, do you have any, are you watching Colorado? Do you have any opinion on this right now?
2: The left has gone so far left. The Democrats have gone way to the left. Part of it was this belief that this Mueller investigation was going to cripple Trump and that they would just walk into the presidency in 2020. So they didn't have to be reasonable. They didn't have to have ideas. They didn't have to have any numbers that added up. They could do this new Green Deal, $94 trillion over a decade, uh, because because they were going to run against nobody. Then Mueller turns out to be a big nothing, and they've allowed 16 people, many of them silly, to run for president, which means they're going to have an odd message for, for months and months. And they've allowed... Really extreme people to write their platform and what they stand for, and you 're seeing this show up in Colorado with this hubris of we 've seized the power temporarily mm-hmm. and even if you, you know, get some recalls and some of these people that have gone way too far come back, a lot of damage stays. It takes a while to pick all these shards of glass out of um, and, and trying to turn around. I mean mm-hmm. we still have bunches of Obamacare driving up the cost of health care for mm-hmm. all Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we haven't gotten rid of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, with that, Susan, that brings I'm thinking all kinds of different things as I have Grover here and you on the line. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about TABOR. Uh, I think it's House Bill 1257, which is going to try to take a big swipe at TABOR. Where's that at right now?
1: I think it's being discussed in the Senate. I know that we are really gearing up as a caucus to fight that. Uh, The Taxpayer Bill of Rights is something that, for Colorado, has kept uh, our economy going for so long, and we are not just going to let roll over on this. They will come and say, oh, well, we need education and we need transportation. But it's very much like referendum C. That money could never be accounted for. It went into government programs that never had any positive outcomes for Colorado. At At the very least, we need to keep our taxes reasonable here. Our cost of living is being increasing so much in colorado and in our our economy is going to ha- take a dip here with some of the legislation they are actually passing mm-hmm. so we're gearing up to fight for Tabor. people need to be asked if if they are going to override Tabor, and and we need to re-educate a whole generation about what right. the taxpayer bill of rights actually does and it limits taxes we have to ask if we want a tax increase and it's polling very well right now um if it would go to the vote, that people would would turn it down.
0: You mean it's polling well that uh, people would protect Tabor? Is that right?
1: Yes. People like, and we're calling it, yeah, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. People like it. Okay. In Colorado, people are still very fiscally conservative.
2: But but there are people who moved into Colorado in the last several years who need to be reminded that there's a constitutional cap on how much the government Mm -hmm. can spend. They want to get rid of that. And there's a requirement that if somebody wants to raise your taxes, they have to get a vote of the people. They have to get your permission. Throw those two away, and there's nothing that stops the government from taking everything out of your pocket.
0: Well, that's for sure. And and basically, I think it's uh, just good manners, Grover. Yes, And it basically yes. says to government uh, on two things. that, it, And it says that there is a cap, but if you want to raise taxes above that, Just ask us. You know, make the case. Just ask us. And then, uh, Susan, there's also that formula. I think it's population and inflation. And so government can grow grow by that, which is, you know, that's pretty generous. But what the question really is on 1257 is there's additional money, and and Colorado's got a lot of additional money. Uh, And if, in fact, you want government to keep that, they just have to ask you. And that's what 1257 is doing is saying, we don't want to ask you, and we want to keep all that money in the future, and we want to take away that constitutional right for individuals, our children, to be asked. And um, I, I'm just a little shocked on that, Susan.
1: And, it, and actually, the growth, the 6% growth is what we are seeing pretty regularly in Tabor. That's a billion dollars every year of new revenue, and, it's still, and they're not, built, they're not do, fixing our roads. So that money just gets absorbed into government, bureaucracy, and stuff that doesn't really add to our quality of life. And so they're going to have to have a pretty good case. When you ask them where did referendum C money go, they they have a hard time telling you. Uh, This money will will not go into uh, roads. It will, it will just – they need more growth in government. And they've got a lot of projects. You know, I'm seeing a lot of legislation this year going to a lot of nonprofits, uh, big dollars at $500,000, um, millions of dollars into their favorite nonprofit for some kind of program or project that they uh, administer. And it's so wrong. You
0: know, Boy, that brings up – an. I served on the board of uh, Lutheran Family Services for many years. And uh, I initially, when I got on, I thought the funding came from church members. Uh, but and, uh, you know, some of the projects they did, one was adoption, which I, I thought was really great. And they did refugee resettlement. And at the time, I'm thinking this is, you know, this is, um, you know, uh, persecuted Christians from throughout the world that we're bringing to to America. And then when I got on the board and started to look at the numbers, I realized at the time I think it was about a twelve million dollar budget, and ten million dollars was coming from government. And I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't a nonprofit. This is a quasi governmental agency. And and then I also looked at the the um, you know the balance sheet, and part of that money was going to lobbying. So I'm like, wait a minute. We are having government money. They're using part of that money to go and lobby to get more money. And so the fact that you just said that there's a lot of favorite nonprofits that are getting money in this budget, that's a big red flag. I'm using a different term for red. That's a big red flag to me, Susan.
1: Oh, it's a huge red flag, and it should be. With Planned Parenthood writing the the sex education legislation, for uh, our preschools and our junior highs, and, and it's going to pass. It's the Comprehensive Human Sexuality Education. In California, Calif- uh, Planned Parenthood actually has the contracts to do the education. That is a direct funnel of money to Planned Parenthood. We all know that Planned Parenthood put a lot of money in Democratic uh, candidates this year. This is something that's never happened. It goes around the usual Board of Education, the Constitution, and it's just a funnel for Planned Parenthood to get into our schools, but also it's a lot of money.
0: Well, it's a lot and- of money, and we have you know, Grover and Norquist in, in studio here, and that's one of the first things, Grover, I think that we have to do is we have to to starve the money. And, uh, you know, reg- regarding Planned Parenthood, I, I took a look at their financials, and they get over a half billion dollars uh, in, in uh, government grants. That's a lot of money.
2: But it also tells you if you give the government another 10 bucks, they don't put it into roads. They didn't put the last half billion into roads. They gave some of it to Planned Parenthood. So why would we think that if we gave them more money, they do with it what they didn't do with the previous money we gave them? Roads is what they use to sucker you into agreeing to a tax increase. And then they put the money into those recycling things that look like uh, foundations but are actually... Campaign organizations for their for Democratic candidates.
0: That's that's exactly true. So, hey, Susan,
1: yeah, that, yeah, that is exactly
0: true. Yeah, let us go <laughs> I to see break. It
1: so close.
0: Yeah, you're well. You're on the front lines. Let's go to break. Uh, and okay. when we come back, we're talking with uh, Grover Norquist, who's in studio with Americans for Tax Reform, and uh, Colorado Representative Susan Beckman. She's down on the firing line. You were you were at the state house until after midnight last night on this 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 economy killing. Uh, piece of legislation 181, which is a direct affront to what the people of Colorado said just this last election, where they said we like to have oil and gas development in in Colorado. You know, efficient, affordable, reliable energy makes us more prosperous, helps us to thrive and go after our hopes and dreams. So, Susan, stay on the line. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Having a fabulous conversation with Grover Norquist who is with Americans for Tax Reform. Love it. And uh, Representative Colorado, Representative Susan Beckman uh, who's down uh, down under the Golden Dome. You guys, you're just having to hold the line. You know, I do a lot of these, uh, interview all of these World War II veterans. So I've learned a lot about Battle Talk. And you guys are down there holding the line and it's not easy
1: oh i would agree and you know we fight we are pushing back and pushing back and doing the best we can but we have 24 members and they have 31 members and they block and they they introduce legislation and then they are all going to vote for it and so before we even know about it, it's, it's going to pass through the system. Mm-hmm. So you, it doesn't matter what the people say. It doesn't matter if thousands of people come down and testify. It doesn't matter if thousands and thousands of people send us emails. It doesn't matter if it's against the best of what we have in Colorado. They're just going to pass it. And Colorado is becoming the most progressive state in the nation. It is. And in three months they're doing this to us. It's so damaging. Well, I think
0: they're overplaying their hand uh, but we have and when I say we and that that's that big swath of, of Americans that is not on that far left. That's unaffiliated, uh, that is Republicans, that's conservatives, conservatarians, libertarians. This big swath I think needs to understand what's going what's going on and we can need to continue to have these conversations to make the case for individuals being able to go after their hopes and dreams. Polls show That generally Americans would like to be left alone and go after, you know, just live their lives. And instead, we've got what Grover had said government continues to make the case to have more and more of your money. But, Susan, you'd made a presentation that I thought was really fascinating. Uh, Yours was a really contested race when you ran for uh, House District 38, but you saw a, a ground game. You have like, experience of what actually really happened uh, here in Colorado. And uh, can you share that a little bit with our listeners?
1: Sure. The model of what a successful campaign looks like has changed dramatically in Colorado. People aren't watching all the same television shows. They're not getting the papers. There's a. It's really very, very difficult to get to the voter and to communicate with the voter. What the Democrats did is they went after the bottom 25 percent, the lowest propensity to vote. They did it over the off year. They contacted them in the neighborhood. They got them registered as unaffiliated. They talked to them about local uh, elections and local issues. They befriended them, and then they picked up their ballot. And in my race, uh, I had a swing of about 7,000 votes, which is not uncommon for the metro area. I was one of the few that made it through, and they did that by about 30 votes in every precinct. It was, very, it was very meticulous, and it was very uh, ground-level campaigning. We cannot do campaigning in the Republican Party like we've been doing, sending you know, hundreds of mailers out to a single house late in the game. We got to get close to the people, because Kim, we are the party of the people now. The Republican Party is the only party that is protecting Colorado, the good, the people, the, the workers, not the not the special interests, not the nonprofits, not the socialist agenda, but really caring about what their life is going to look like after this session. But well, so th- we're going to have to get on the ground.
0: When you think about one eight, uh, eighty one, which this is uh, basically going to kick oil and gas development out of Colorado, people are going to lose their jobs as they move out. Housing values go down, um, but you're kicking out. I mean, th- th- all the descriptors, the intersectionality, if you if you will, of what excuse me, what the left is <clears throat> trying to put forward: you know, black, Hispanic, gay, straight, man, woman. The oil and gas industry employs you know all those descriptors and so while the far left radical progressives opine that they care about all these people that they're trying to you know bring in in this whole intersectionality conversation they don't really give a flying rip about anybody it's about power and it's going to be about haves and have-nots um out in california in san francisco area it's the haves and the have-nots that middle class that is uh, so important to the american dream is being kicked out. And that's one of the things, Grover Norquist, that Ronald Reagan totally appreciated was a vibrant middle class.
2: Absolutely. And unfortunately, the Democrats are taxing the middle class uh, to continue to grow government. And it doesn't work. You eventually run out of other people's money. Well, and so,
0: Susan, you are uh, down there trying to protect this middle class. And uh, you have thrown your hat in the ring for a GOP sh- uh, chairman here in Colorado, uh, tell us, because you've had a firsthand experience in this last election, what would you do?
1: So I would get rid of the acronym GOP. We are not the grand old party anymore. We are the new Republican Party of Colorado. And I think, it's, I think we have hit a tipping point in where the Republican Party is very different than what it may have been 10 years ago or even five years ago. We are a party of the people. We represent not the special interests and not even big business or business. Right now, we're just fighting for the people on the ground so that their kids can go to school and they can get an education and that they can have a job and live in the middle class in Colorado. Um, What I will do is turn this model upside down. For the last six years, we've had this model where money gets raised, a lot of money, It goes to consultants, about 30% is taken off the top, and then we do mailers. That does not work. We have to understand the volunteers and the people on the ground are those uh, people that are going to help us win these elections. And we are going to be joined by new people from the inner-city churches that are down there protesting at the, the capitol, We're going to be joined by the oil and gas industry workers from young mothers with children who do not like this sex education bill. We have an opportunity to really have a very strong ground game, neighborhood by neighborhood, precinct by precinct, getting new voters registered and getting their vote, and also to have a huge Republican turnout. As we go into the presidential election, we know that Donald Trump is going to be, President Trump is going to be really on fire Did you see that? Oh, you didn't see the the speech last night. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He's going to be on fire and he's going to bring so much energy and clarity to our message. And we'll have Cory Gardner. We need to protect Cory Gardner. And I think we can have a really, really great year. But we have to break a mold that's been there for at least four years and that is just ignoring the ground game and really looking down on the good people that are volunteers, precinct leaders, captains, and the traditional county structure, that will change if I am elected.
0: Okay, you know, and Susan, one of the things that I've done, we're talking about you know, I do those these women's topics and topics groups, and this is, uh, I started back in 2012, I was becoming so concerned about you know, what it just and just twelve women got together just to talk about what was going on. And we now have Topics and Topics groups in Douglas County, Jefferson County, Boulder, Fort Collins, Northwest Denver. Uh, thank you to all of you. It's very grassroots. But I'm just going to put a, a thought out there. If there are any women out there that would like to start a Topus and Topics groups, uh, just let me know. Uh, go to americhicks.com and uh, forward slash Kim, and uh, I will help you do that. It's very grassroots. You uh, presented at the one out in Jefferson County a couple of uh, months ago, I think.
1: Yeah, I was surprised at how many people were there. It was such a nice event, such a nice neighborhood event, and people understanding and really learning about the issues. We as a as a community need to understand what's happening under the Gold Dome. Those policies that are, you know, in years – past, it might have been just arguing about you know, roads or if money goes to certain departments. The, the legislation that is happening is so impactful to every single person. And it was nice to have the questions in a small group like that. What a great opportunity for people in the community to socialize and become closer, but also to learn about what is happening in their government so that they can fight back.
0: Well, that's for sure. We're about out of time. This has been just such a rich hour. Grover Norquist, first of all, thank you.
2: Glad to be with you.
0: Great to have you here. And uh, what would be your final thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners, and how can they get
2: more information? Oh, sure. At Americans for Tax Forum, org is our website. We have a list of all the businesses around the country, and you can go to Colorado specifically, that announced, here's what we did because of the Republican tax cut. Here's how many jobs. Here's how much New investments. Nice. You can get some actual examples. You might have some of those people on the show because we only included businesses where the owner said, this is why we did it Okay, because of the tax um, cut. Vote, get active, keep an eye on things and protect the taxpayer bill of rights. Not every state has this. It's what makes Colorado different and gives me real hope for Colorado's future.
0: And I have to make just a quick uh, note on that. Uh, Governor Hickenlooper, former Governor Hickenlooper, has thrown his hat in the ring for president. And I believe he's riding on the coattails of the success of Tabor. He's uh, taking the credit for uh, Colorado, which has had a really pretty terrific economy. and uh, But it's become... Because of Tabor, because of the taxpayer bill of rights that has said to government, if you, if you want to raise our taxes or if you want to keep a whole bunch more money, just ask us. Just have some good manners. And we're seeing a real assault on that. Uh, yet uh, Governor Hickenlooper is trying to take credit for that. He just recently, before he went out of office, did the executive order on those low emission vehicles. Uh, if you like your car, you may not be able to keep your car. Hey, Susan Beckman, final thought.
1: Protect the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Thank you, Kim. It's always a pleasure, and um, I hope you have a good day.
0: Okay, great. And uh, for more information, where can they find that about you, Susan?
1: Uh, you know, they can go to the Republican state Republican Party website and look it up, or I'm on Facebook, and I've got a website of my own, SusanBeckman.com. Um, there's a lot of information out there about me. And tomorrow's the assembly, so it should be a great day. I'm really looking forward to it. We've got about 500 people from the Central Committee going to come, and we're going to have new leadership for the Republican Party in the state of Colorado as we move forward into this very important election cycle.
0: Okay, great. Uh, so, well, good luck on all that. I really appreciate thank your you. time. And thank you for the work that you and everybody is doing down there, holding the line. Uh, sometimes that's what we have to do as we are mobilizing to come in and and give you some some back <laughs> some support. So we're working on it, Susan. Just know we're working on it.